Like it's just, it's so detrimental to be so sleep deprived for so long. It affects your decision-making. It affects your, uh, your risk-taking. Uh, it obviously it affects your health. So it's, it's really one of those things that unfortunately you don't see the effects immediately. It's kind of one of those things that builds over time. It's a little bit like sugar. If you want to know the truth, you can be eating candy bars all day long until you get diabetes type of thing. And then yeah. now you've really got a problem on your hands. That's Dr. Michael Bruce. He's the sleep doctor. And this is his repeat return to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Dr. Bruce is the foremost leader in sleep education in the world, really. He's a clinical psychologist and both a diplomat of the American Board of Sleep Medicine and the Fellow of American Academy of Sleep Medicine. He's written books like The Power of When, The Sleep Doctor's Diet Plan, and now he's out with a new book, which is pretty fascinating. You can go to energizemyself.com and check out the new book that he wrote in tandem with Stacey Griffin. The idea here is how do you combine your chronotype, which if you have not taken the chronotype quiz, I strongly suggest that you go try it. This will tell you what type of sleeper you are. Do you like to go to bed late? Do you like to get up in the morning? It will ask a bunch of questions to really reveal whether you're a bear, a wolf, a dolphin, who knows? Go take the quiz. It's at chronoquiz.com. And combining that with body type, Stacy Griffin is his co-author and Stacy is the lead fitness instructor for Peloton. And this idea of how our body types connect with our ability to sleep really fascinating pretty interesting combination and it makes sense but what's more above and beyond this idea of pairing our body type with our chronotype we also dive way way into a bunch of other sleep hacks uh, he's also the chief sleep officer at aura ring and so we talk about sleep devices um, breathing devices before you sleep we get his take on um, mouth taping and man it packed with information you know typically i like to listen to podcasts sped up but there is so much information in here you're gonna want to keep this just regular pace just listen to it as is uh, go check out the show notes if you haven't haven't already to look at the different products like the sinusonic and the mute device that you can use to um, expand your nostrils for better nasal breathing when you sleep also, this amazing hack, which I th I've, I've already started trying, is to practice balancing before you go to sleep. There's a reason why that works and why it helps, and we talk about all of it. This is a really, really deep, really detailed podcast, and I cannot wait to share it with you. Dr. Bruce is fun and engaging. He's worked with you know, celebrities across the world. He really is the expert in this field, and uh, he just delivers. His previous appearance number 170, where he was on uh, way back years ago, is one of the most popular podcasts I've ever done. And uh, there's a good reason because everybody needs to sleep. This is really, really important stuff. And uh, we go deep. And I know you're going to love this podcast. So thank you for listening. Always, always. You can find me online at seanmccormick.com or on Instagram at realseanmccormick. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Dr. Michael Bruce, the sleep doctor. Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. Dr. Michael Bruce, welcome back to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you, man. Great to be back here. And thanks for having me. Love your listeners. So I, I was just saying, and then I said, hey, we're just going to turn on the mic. I, <laughs> I love the idea of making the connection between chronotype and body type. I, I love it. And, and I love it that you found a co-author who, uh, who complimented uh, your writing. Just, it's, just, it's, just a really, it's just a really cool vibe. I'd love to hear... Mm -hmm. um, whose idea it was uh, to, to get together and write this book. So, um, so Stacy and I have been friends for a little while and um, it was kind of funny. I, um, and I'm allowed to say this, I was helping her with her sleep um, and she was helping me with my fitness. Um, you know, she's a world expert as am I a um, little bit differently. She's more on the experiential side. I'm a little bit more on the academic side. And um we were, we've been friends for a while and she was helping me and, and we just started talking about our clients together. Uh, never, of course, mentioning names, but just trying to like 
understand what was going on. And, and, you know, we both came up with the same thing. It's like, people just kept saying, why am I so fucking exhausted? Like all the time. And, you know, it was like, there's gotta be this connection here. And so the first thing we, the first idea we came up with was a napping protocol. We were like, okay, maybe they just need naps during the day. And so we came up with this idea we called sport napping, where we were going to create, you know, this kind of conceptual idea and kind of present it to the world and things like that. Um, and then um, we started, I, I went to her class. So I went to New York and I was, uh, you know, spinning my head off uh, in her class. And I said to her, I said, you know, do some people not really perform well spin, but would perform better in Pilates or whatever? Because, um, you know, she's trained in all sorts of different genres of, of fitness. And uh, she said, yeah, she said, actually, I've noticed that, you know, different people with different body types train differently. And then I was like, hold on a second, <laughs> mm. I, you know, because I know people with different chronotypes like certain exercises versus others, like to exercise at certain times versus others. And so I said to her, I'm wondering, you know, what do you think about taking your ideas around body type and my ideas around chronotype? And I, I'll tell you, I think we mutually <laughs> started it together, but I would say maybe I was the person who formally said, let's write a book. Like, let me, let me dig into the research and let's see what's going on. Um, and we started just kind of crushing it through. And look, we get a lot of people take the chrono quiz, which is awesome uh, yeah. because they learn about their chronotypes and things like that. And so we took about 5,000 people from each chronotype and we sent them the body type quiz um, to try to understand like, hey, let's, let's, let's give it a shot. I mean, when you have that many people who are kind of available to you, then you start to say, how can I refine this further? Like, how can I dig a little deeper? How can I get a little bit more tactical? I know you're a tactical guy for sure. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, let's, let's figure it out. And bam, it was the data that really brought the idea of the book together. Because if we really didn't find anything in the data, we certainly weren't going to you know, write a book about it. But what the data was able to show us is that we know that exercise is tied to sleep in multiple ways, right? We know that if you are a regular exerciser, and I don't mean you have to run a marathon, uh, you know, if for some people, it could be 20 minutes, for some people, it could be an hour and 20 minutes. Um, we know that regular exercisers sleep better. That's one thing that we know. We also know that regular exercisers have a tendency to have more higher quality sleep. So those are things that I was like, okay, we need to drill in on that. Then we started to think about chronotypes a little bit more. And we said, all right, so we know there are certain chronotypes that don't get great sleep. Um, for example, wolves, which is what I am, right? Uh, night owls, we have a tendency to go to bed very late and then unfortunately have to wake up because of work and things like that. And then, so I said to her, I said, well, do you think there are certain, we, we discovered actually through the literature and through our survey that wolves don't like to do certain exercises hmm. and lions don't like to do certain exercises and bears don't like to do certain exercises. And so we started pairing people with exercises that they could accomplish. The biggest problem with exercise is when you do it and you fail, you never want to do it again, hmm. right? It's not fun. I mean, let's be honest, who wants to go just run, you know, forever type of thing. So we really had to find things that people would be attracted to from not only a chronotypical standpoint, but also from a personality standpoint. And that's what was revealed in the data. And so we ended up creating these things that we're calling power profiles. <laughs> yeah. So power profiles are pretty cool. That's where you take you're one of their chronotypes with the body types and you mesh them together. Now, the thing about body types that we discovered that was also kind of interesting is if you bang on into the literature on body types, it's really about metabolism. Um, so what we find is that the ectomorphs, the long and lean people, they have very fast metabolisms. The mesomorphs, which are kind of the more V-shaped, you know, kind of uh, more muscular people, um, they have medium metabolism. And the ectomorphs that are a little bit bigger, they have a slower metabolism. So here's the thing. Let's say that you have a slow metabolism and you're a wolf, meaning a night owl. At that point, there's almost no hope for you being able to get in an exercise program hmm. because you don't like exercise to begin with. Your metabolism is slow. Um, you're gaining weight all the time and not understanding why when you're eating the same thing that your partner is eating right next to you. And so those are the people that we were like, we got to help those people. Those people are not going to be able to, they, they don't know, but their genetics are working against them at this point. So we were saying, let's dial the, you know, pull the covers back, I guess is the way to say it and start to learn a little bit more about how this chronotypical relationship and this physical relationship work. Um, and then we started just creating this program. And so what's kind of cool about it is 
the thing that people reported to us, because we have people thinking about when to do exercise, because obviously we want people to do it on a decent schedule. And um, people don't have time. You know, one of the big pieces of yeah. feedback they said to us is like, Michael, I don't have an extra hour or two in my day to exercise at the right time to do this. And, and so then we said, well, what if we came up with a program where it only took five minutes, five times a day? So you don't have to break into a big sweat because the truth of the matter is, is we're not trying to, we're not trying to become bodybuilders from this program, right? What we're trying to do is give people consistent, healthy energy all day long, right? And so that's a very different um, goal set than I want to run a marathon or, you know, lift hundred pounds or, or whatever. And so when we were able to look at that, we decided we got to include nutrition as well. Um, now I got to be honest with you, dude, nutrition is such a big topic. There are so many people out there who've got so many different nutritional guidelines and values and thought processes that we said, look, we, we, we can't be experts in nutrition. I mean, there's just too much out there to do. Um, I said, but we can be experts in telling when people should eat. And so we came upon intermittent fasting. Now, full disclosure, I am an intermittent faster and have been for quite some time. Um, and um, Stacy is as well. And so what we discovered is we said, okay, if we can tell people when to eat, teaching them the basic principles of intermittent fasting based on a chronotypical schedule, by the way. So if you're a, a wolf like me, a late night person, you actually fast longer and then eat later, which is kind of interesting hmm. versus an early bird lion who would uh, wake up earlier and eat earlier, but then stop eating earlier than let's say a wolf might do. Um, it got very interesting very quickly. And so what ends up happening now is we've got a nutrition program based on when you eat, you've got a sleep program based on your chronotype, and you have a movement program based on your body type. And so it all just clicks. When we stuck it out onto people, we stuck it out on like 100, 150 people. Everybody was like, where has this been? It is freaking cool, Michael. Uh, you know, like, you know, you've chosen the right exercise for me based on my body. You've chosen the right sleep based on my genetics. And now I get to choose what's nutritionally best for me, but you're teaching me when to eat and keeping that window tight. It just really kind of all fell together. It's huge. I mean, anymore, we are, this is the way that health optimization is going, right? It's increasingly customized, yep. right? And yep. To your chronotype, to your body type, to your blood type, to, yep. you know, what's going on in your gut flora. Like, oh, totally. All of these factors uh, contribute to a more and increasingly customizable approach to right. health optimization. And that's, and that's the way that it should be. And, and so when I read the concept and I, and I wrapped my brain around it, it was like, yes, of course it should be this way because any sort of fad diet or, or, or fad exercise or, or even just high quality, uh, you know, nutritional advice or exercise advice protocols, that's fine and great. But if, if you're doing it at the wrong time exactly. or you're, or you're doing it underslept, Right. Um, then that's when you have injuries and that's yep. when you get, when you get hurt. And then that's when that sort of psychological path is like, God, I've got to work out. I'm, I'm a, I'm a bear, but I have to get up way early to exercise, to make that work. And it's like, it just doesn't, it's not, it doesn't it make sense for people. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that, that, that really struck me in the book too, is, is how you, how you led, how you opened up the book talking, you know, being totally vulnerable. And I just want to commend you and honor that, like you telling us about, yeah. I had a cardiac event. Please walk us through that. So, um, so it was a pretty scary time. Um, but um, I was, you know, I was running and gunning, you know, hard like I do and traveling a ton and doing all of that. And to be honest with you, the easiest way for me to reduce my stress was to get on a treadmill. That was just, that was the, I, I, it was consistent for me. I knew it would work and, you know, not following my own advice to be clear, I was doing like, you know, three to five, five Ks a week, right? So like I was running like a five K a day to help lower my stress, right? And that's not really the healthiest thing for a 53 year old guy at the time, 50 year old guy to be doing. And, um, and I overdid it quite honestly. Um, and I, I, I really stressed myself out and I ended up having a cardiac event one night in a restaurant. Um, which uh, to be clear, was not a whole lot of fun. It was definitely a wake up call for me. Um, and um, I remember very specifically um, that there was a point in time where I was unconscious. And when I awoke, um, uh, scarily enough, my eyes didn't work. 
And that really just scared the living crap out of me. And, uh, and the guy who was holding my head, who happened to be a physician friend of mine, he said, just wait for it. Just wait for it. And then boom, everything came back with a vengeance. And all of a sudden I was very aware of what was going on. And, and you know, when you have something like that happen to you, where you, you just, everything becomes very small, uh, very, very focused, very centered. And you're like, I need to figure out what's important in my life. And what was important in my life was finding a moderated schedule that would allow me to have energy, reduce my stress, eat well, and sleep well. And so just started, it was kind of for me, <laughs> just yeah. started, you know, developing this whole idea. Um, Stacy had a different kind of cardiac event. Um, she had a broken heart. Um, she had a relationship fallout um, because her and her partner could not get on the same schedule. Um, Stacy is an early bird or early riser. Her partner was a late nighter, uh, go out and party or uh, not in a party in a bad way, just social type of thing. And um, it just didn't match up well for her. And she was constantly trying to be in that universe. And unfortunately, it was taking its toll on her as well. So we both kind of came to the conclusions kind of around the same time and had been working with each other and of course been friends for a while. Uh, and we just said, screw it, let's write a book. Yeah. <laughs> When you decided to do that, that take that sample set and dive into the data to to prove prove your hypothesis, what really stood out for you? I mean, was there was what was the thing that when you looked at the data, you were like, "Oh my gosh, yes, this is big right here." So, what became very apparent to me was why the wolf chronotype has so much difficulty maintaining healthy weight. That was one of the very first things because I'm a wolf, right? Uh, and I'm fortunate because I'm a little bit leaner now, um, but I used to not be. So I'm 5'8 uh, and I weigh 155 pounds, but uh, I used to be 5'8 and weighing 190 pounds. Um, that's a lot of weight to hang on kind of this frame. And I started to understand why it was because I hated to exercise. Hmm. Um, I couldn't find the right thing for me to allow myself to be consistent. And that started popping out of the data. So when we saw that wolves um, actually preferred weightlifting at times rather than cardio, I was like, oh, so I've been driving myself crazy with cardio. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I would probably enjoy weightlifting more. And so what I did was I started to incorporate weightlifting and that was my motivator. So I would do that first to help get me going. And then I would curtail my cardio to a reasonable amount. And all of a sudden now I had a program that started working. So that was one thing was that wolves have a tendency to be heavier, not like exercise. And there are certain exercises that they really uh, were attracted to. Um, and they were not usually not as cardio focused. You know, when you talk about exercise, people always think, oh, I got to go do cardio. You know, I should do HIIT training or I should do, um, you know, run, swim, bike, you know, triathlon, all these different things. Um, that was one of the things that was very interesting to me. Not surprisingly, um, lions who are kind of my alphas, um, when we saw their data, it wasn't surprising to me that a, a decent portion of them were the, uh, the lean and the lean and, uh, the lean people and the, the medium people, not the heavier people, right? So mm. the, uh, let's see the mesomorphs and the ectomorphs had a tendency to be more early morning people. And then the bears had a tendency to be the mesomorphs and the endomorphs more. And then the wolves had a tendency to be more endomorphs, almost not exclusively, but quite a few. So it was interesting to see that these body types fell in nicely into these categories. Now, I will be fair, not every chronotype had all three body types within it, right? And from a popularity population standpoint. And so we did see higher in certain areas. And quite frankly, there were some that were such a small percentage, um, we didn't include them in the book because <laughs> it just didn't represent enough of a, of a population sample to be able to accurately talk about it. Um, so that was also interesting because, I mean, if you think about it, I would think, well, if you're a wolf, you could be long and lean, you could be, you know, a V shape, or you could have a little bit more weight on you. But in, in fact, that isn't actually the case. I was looking at that. In fact, I, th I thought about that as I was looking through uh, the table of contents, mm -hmm. you know, you've got the, the slow wolf power protocol, the medium wolf power protocol. Obviously there's, there's only, there's the fast and medium dolphin. So wait, I guess the question is who got excluded, which, which didn't have right. as significant. So what you'll see, so we combine some people. So what you'll see is there's no fast bear. Ah, got it. 
okay? What you'll see is there's no fast wolf, okay? But there is a fast and medium lion and there is a slower lion protocol. So that's the part that kind of got interesting. So, uh, and there's even a fast and medium dolphin, right? Which would make sense because we know dolphins kind of run at a little higher vibration. They got right. a little bit more anxiety, a little bit more energy. So it would make sense that they would be fast and medium and it would make sense that they wouldn't be slow. It's kind of how it kind of uh, fell into play. Uh, and it, it, went, it went exactly along the lines that you would imagine. Wow. Pretty incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah, the book kind of wrote itself, to be honest with you. That's the proof of a, of a high quality tool and reference. <laughs> Honestly, in, in my mind, if what you're suspecting is true, if your hypothesis is true, higher energy, leaner, waking up earlier makes, you know, if, if you can kind of like anticipate that, right. then, then it, it does, it all kind of lays it, it, it all sort of lays itself out. You know, the chronotype idea is super powerful because you can't help but take the quiz and then read and go, Oh my God, that's me. I mean, I, 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 I can't because so I, as a performance coach and life coach, I have as part of my intake, mm-hmm. uh, I have people do personality assessments and I have them take uh, the chronotype quiz. All right. Because I, I want to know, like, Absolutely. is this, is this person who I am now coaching to, to, to their, to their highest level of performance, are they staying up all night? Are they up early? That's important for me to know so that I can schedule our sessions during times where they're going to be focused. Exactly. Right. I'm going to, I'm not going to suggest certain things that are outside of their, their chronotype because they're likely going to be less, less receptive to it. Absolutely. Um, And so I think the coolest part is I can say, well, I'm a bear and I'm, I'm an endomorph. I I know. know. (laughs) Being a bear is the best. It's the best. This is so normal. (laughs) Um, And I can immediately go in and say, okay, well then what that, what ideas do they have for me now that I know these things and you've laid laid it all out in the book. And the other thing that, that I thought was kind of interesting and for the record, you know, I talk to authors, doctors, researchers, scientists all the time, every single week. And rarely do I spend so much time just sort of narrowly focused on the book, on the book that they're, that they're promoting because, um, because I've got other burning questions and I'll, and I'll get to those later, of course, but, but, but for this, it it seems to be such a, such a, a clean uh, connection between the two. And then you've done everyone a solid by making it also a workbook where people can actually put stuff in. Can, can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. So what we do is we have people identify uh, their, their, their chronotype. Then we have them actually take the body type quiz. So it's not like I look at a picture and guess there's, we actually have specific questions because your body type can, it doesn't change per se, but your weight changes. Um, and so again, this is a genetic thing that's pretty interesting. Again, I'm, I'm kind of focusing in on the genetics of it because I feel like that's kind of where the heart of it is. Um, so it, that part of it is very participatory. Um, and then we actually give out the entire schedule. So we say, okay, let's say you're a wolf and then you're fast. You're a fast wolf. Okay. Now we have a very specific protocol for you. So one of the more interactive aspects of it is we have people um, five times a day. Now I know that sounds like a lot, but trust me, it's not as bad as you think. Um, we have people in the very beginning start to look at their energy level because, you know, people don't really think about it until they're drained. Yeah. Um, right. And so we said, we want you to have take these five times uh, and we're going to rate your energy on something called an RPE scale or, or a perceived, uh, a P, yeah, ratings of perceived exertion. Gunnar Borg came up with this. It's an exercise physiology thing where it's basically how hard are you exerting yourself um, type of thing. And so that's a great moderator for energy. And so what we said was, do this in, at breakfast, do this pre-lunch, do this around middle of the day, do this uh, before dinner, and then do one before bed to get people in the habit of just checking in on their energy. Um, and then what we do is we flip it. So once they've gotten used to checking in on their energy, turns out that's the movement schedule as well. Huh. Um, so we get, we, we see, we kind of get people going because we don't want to make it too hard at first. It's just like, put an alarm on your phone five times a day, rate your energy from one to five. That's all we're asking you to do at first. All right. Then we start to explain things like emotional energy. We start to things like food energy. We start to things about sleep energy. So we educate people a lot. Then we get into movement energy. And then Stacy, that's where her expertise just dives right in. And she developed 
all of these different exercises. And so not to say that she made the exercise, but she created the, the protocols for each one of the individuals once the science became clear. And so what was cool about it is we, we have five different times throughout the day and you do very, very different things. And so when you flip the switch from calculating your energy score at five times a day to moving during those five times a day, and then we ask you to recalculate your energy score, guess what? It goes up. I love it. How, how many I just people- like it to be participatory, you know, like, yeah, I, I just hate it when you just, you buy a book and you're like, okay, I read, you know, 200 pages. Now, what do I do? Like, I like people getting into it. Like I want you neck deep and trying it out and having fun. Well, that that's how any sort of change happens in anyone's life is, is they, I would agree. They have to begin to experience this for themselves. You know, it's not enough to intellectualize concepts, but you have to actually tinker around with these things in order to to make lifestyle changes. It's, it's interesting to me, especially over the the course of the last, you know, couple of years, it seems to me that sleep is becoming increasingly popular. And and I think <laughs> I think you you a lot of that is owed to you. Well, thank um, you. you That's kind of you. You're you're ubiquitous, doc. You're everywhere. I mean, I'm trying, bro. <laughs> I mean, the 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 TV appearances, the the books, the 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 content that you put out is um it's it's so consistent, and I wonder what your what your thoughts are. Oftentimes, when I have conversations with, you know, like let's just use Rob Wolf for an example. Rob Wolf is you know the father of the the paleo movement, really. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and we spent uh, an entire episode talking about minerals. He's got a uh, an, uh, an electrolyte uh, drink packet called uh, Element, uh, and how sort of debunking sodium as as this sort of deleterious ingredient to people's health and right. fascinating conversation. I and then at the end, I asked the question: what what would any what would everybody benefit from? You know, just sort of a broad fill in the blank question. At the end, he's like, you have to sleep. He's like, we've been talking about minerals, sodium, potassium, magnesium for the last hour and a half, but none of that matters if you're not sleeping well. And, yeah. and, and so all of these people who are these experts in their, their domains, uh, they have their area of, spec, of, of expertise. And at the end of the day, it's like, well, what's the one thing that you just cannot fuck with? And it go, always goes back to sleep. Do you, do you have any inclination or insights as to why sleep is back at the top of everybody's uh, mind nowadays? I, here's what I think is uh, kind of what people do is people use sleep as kind of the shock absorber of their life, right? So think about, you know, a shock absorber, like in the car, like a spring, right? When you're having a a bad day or a long day and you have to extend your day, the spring is getting tighter and tighter. And when you don't, the spring is getting looser and looser, but there's no consistency, right? Your ride is very bumpy, Mm. right? With that kind of thing. That's how people utilize sleep, at least historically. And to be fair, your body's pretty tough, specifically your sleep cycle. And, you know, I talk to people all the time. They're like, oh, I slept for four hours for five years. It was, you know, and I'm fine now. And I'm like, Hey, dude, if I do an EKG on you, you're not fine. Yeah. I can almost guarantee it. If I look at the plaque in your, in your system, you're probably not as fine as you think. So it, it, it's hard because there aren't a lot of outward consequences for bad sleep other than being tired. And there's this thing called caffeine that seems to mask that quite a bit, right? I mean, 62% of people uh, in the United States anyway drink at least one caffeinated beverage a day. Right. And so kind of start to wonder why that is. Um, and, and when we think about sleep, it's the most it's it's either the first or the second most fundamental aspect to overall health and well-being. Because if you, if you look at it like this, you can go without food for probably almost a month, depending yeah. upon your size and, and your nutrient and things like that. Um, you can go uh, without water for about three days. Um, you can go without air. I think the longest held breath is like 12 minutes or something absolutely insane like that. You can't go for it without sleep for more than about six, seven days before you start hallucinating. Quite frankly, the only thing that's physiologically, there are only two things that are physiologically more important than sleep, and it's called air and water. So, you know, when you look at it from the basics of how do humans, you know, how does this human unit exist and, and proceed and, and, and propagate? If you don't have, if you can't breathe and you can't drink and you can't sleep, you are toast. So what I tell people is those are the three things that you focus in on. You focus in on how you breathe, 
with breath work, with uh, you know, understanding your lung function, things like that. You maintain hydration and you sleep. Everything after that is kind of gravy on the taters, if you know what I mean. Yeah, right. As we understand. Well, and there's one other thing too, if I might yeah. continue on that thought yeah. process, which is remember one thing, is, Sean, is that sleep affects every organ system and every disease state, mm. like every single one. Like I can show you when you become sleep deprived, how it affects every single aspect of your health. Yeah. Like organ wise, or let's a great, here's a great example, cancer, right? So we now know, I mean, cancer, like we're not talking about small things here. We now know that cancer can be circadian influenced. We can deliver chemotherapy at certain times in your chronotypical schedule and use less chemo and it's more effective. Like wow. if that- I know, right? Wow, I've never heard that before. Oh, dude, Sloan Kettering's doing it now. It's really interesting work. So when you start to think about the fundamental aspect of humanity, right? You can't be yourself without sleep. <laughs> yeah, right. One quick announcement from one of our sponsors and then right back into the episode. This episode is brought to you by the X3 Bar. This one piece of exercise equipment, doing it 10 minutes a day, six days a week, has dramatically changed my physique. I'm stronger and fitter and look better physically than I have in my entire life. I'm almost 40. I love this thing. Uh, you can get $50 off the X3 bar system, which comes with three bands, the the platform and the bar. Uh, you can get $50 off if you go to x3bar.com and use the code OPP. Now, I, I don't know about you. I don't love going to the gym. I don't love going for runs. I like looking good. I like feeling strong, but I don't want to put that much time into it, to be totally honest. So the X3 bar fits the bill. So many of my clients have purchased this product and have dramatically changed their lives. So many of you listeners have already purchased the X3 bar, and there's a good reason for it. It continues to deliver the best workout 10 minutes a day, six days a week. So go to x3bar.com and use the code OPP for $50 off. All right, back to the episode. The, the, I remember um, watching Elon Musk on, uh, on Joe Rogan, I mean, it was a year ago or something. And, yeah. uh, and, and they're talking about, you know, habits of, of how do you become Elon Musk? And, and Joe asks him like, how much sleep do you get? Yep. And he goes, oh, well, about six and a half, seven hours a night. Yeah. And, and Rogan's like, well, that's pretty good. Like that's, that's not bad. And I, and I was surprised to hear that too, because we as a society have conflated productivity with less sleep. And so when I heard oh, that, yeah. I was like, yes, thank goodness. Yeah, dude, everybody's a stud that doesn't sleep. Um, and, uh, and the fact of the matter is, is that's not how it works. If you ask every single prior sitting president, what their biggest problem was, it was sleep. Um, lack of sleep in particular. Katie Couric was a great example. When she left uh, the Today Show, uh, the very first thing she said is, I'm finally going to get some sleep. <laughs> like, it's just, it's so detrimental to be so sleep deprived for so long. It affects your decision making. It affects your uh, your risk taking. Uh, it Obviously, it affects your health. Um, so it's, it's really one of those things that it Unfortunately, you don't see the effects immediately. It's kind of one of those things that builds over time. It's a little bit like sugar, if you want to know the truth in that, hmm. right? Like you can be eating candy bars all day long until you get diabetes type of thing. And then yeah. now you've really got a problem on your hands. So I, I kind of liken it to that in certain ways by telling people, look, I get it. You're using sleep as sort of the shock absorber of your life, but I got news for you. If you can consistently get log in six hours or more, depending upon how old you are and what your chronotype is, you're going to be well-versed for later on in life. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, b- going back to the idea of, of sleep, you know, becoming uh, or, or increasingly important. Um, the, the, the current sort of focus because of what's happening in the world on boosting your immune system, dealing with stress, you know, being able to actually operate through this yep. wacky time in history. I think fortunately we are focusing on, on, on pretty basic things, fundamental things, I guess, because maybe sleep's not basic, but, but, but fundamental practices that will help us build resilience and help us, you know, make better decisions. And, and so my idea is that as we look at how we all get through this together and how we all get through this individually, we have to look at our habits and our lifestyle uh, and, and see which things are aiding to our own, you know, health and resilience. 
And it's the basic stuff, you know, it, it's the fundamentals, you know, you have to eat right. You have to sleep. You have to manage your stress, like yeah. to have, to have tools like your book, to have references like, like the chronotype uh, combined with, with a body type is, I think it's, I think it's the type, it's the type of content that people are yearning for. They're just like, we just need tools. We need frameworks. Cause otherwise we're just going to keep chugging coffee and raging exactly. and crashing at three o'clock every day. Yeah. And, and that was really the goal was to try to help people get out of that vicious fucking cycle because they're in it. They're in the slam an energy drink, slam a coffee, you know, eat, eat crappy food because I, I'm so tired. I'm going to eat a Snickers to give me energy type of thing. Nothing against Snickers. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like we just get wrapped in this sort of schedule of life. Um, and and people tell me all the time, you know, uh, I have one of my uh, one of my friends. Uh, I don't know if you know uh, if you're a DJ uh, person or if you know, heard of electronic dance music. Um, I'm very good friends with the, one of the DJs. His name is Steve Aoki. Yeah. If, if you're familiar with Steve. So he did a documentary called I'll Sleep When I'm Dead. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and so I so I called him up because I didn't know him when he did the documentary. Like, what the hell, Steve? Right. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and, and now, um, he and I actually do work together. Um, you know, he's got an absolutely crazy schedule. I'm not, by the way, disclosing anything that I can't. Steve has talked about our work together on podcasts and things like that, but you know, he's got the craziest schedule in the universe. Mm -hmm. Um, and so being able to get him on board, I mean, if he can, if he can change his sleep habits, anybody can. Okay. And this guy doesn't go on until one o'clock in the morning sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember reading a, a men's health um, article about him and his lifestyle and his schedule and stuff like that. And uh, was just flabbergasted by his output. You know, he works out like a madman, I guess, yeah. you know? Yeah. He does no drugs. Like I'm here to tell you, that's not his thing. He's physically fit. He eats reasonably clean. Um, and um, he just, he is built for this hmm. and we make sure that he stays that way. I've got special protocols involved for him where he's actually taking a nap less than a half an hour before he's on stage. Wow. So like we have all kinds of real, like, so you're a high performance coach. I'm a high performance sleep coach as well to some of my friends and celebrities and folks like that. And we do some really interesting stuff with them. Uh, one example is, you know, if, if you've got people who travel a lot, we have with for him what's called a sleeping bag. So I have a duffel bag and it's got a topper, sheets, pillow. So what we do is we take the inconsistency of hotels out mm. of the equation. Oh. So unconsciously, he becomes comfortable faster and is able to fall asleep quicker because there's this thing called the first night effect that happens every time you sleep in a new environment, your brain is constantly scanning because it doesn't kind of know what's going on. We can start to lower that effect with him by allowing some consistency in his environment. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. Oh, that makes tons of sense. Yeah. Right? For, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can't really control for the smells that are in the hotel room, right? Uh, but you can control for the temperature mm -hmm. in the, in, in the hotel room. You know, you can maybe do some, we even use pillow sprays and aromatherapy that he uses at home on huh. the road and it helps. Oh, awesome. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the, yeah. The 30 minute, the 30 minute nap prior right to goes going on, on stage. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Oh, I'm so curious about, Ooh, that's so cool. I'm just thinking about <laughs> like, you know, for pro athletes and, and some of the people that I work with, you know, what sort of sleep hacks might so they benefit for, from? Yeah. So if, when you, when I've worked with pro athletes in the past and I've been fortunate to work with some, unfortunately, none of whom I can talk about publicly, yeah. Um, what I can tell you is some of it's going to depend on the sport. Um, so team sport versus singular sport, we can see very defined differences there. Um, also, as an example, um, with golfers um, or tennis players or snowboarders, it's just them. That's the only variable, right? Whereas if you're playing basketball, there's a lot of other people around that can make things happen and determine whether or not you make your jump shot or what have you. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, though, free throws within basketball is one area that we can show an increase in. Uh, Dr. Cherry Ma at Stanford did a really interesting study where she extended the hours of sleep to nine plus hours and saw free throw percentage increase from an accuracy standpoint. Oh, that's cool. Um, so, so, we, so what we do when I work with athletes is number one, I got to figure out what their 
tour schedule is, right? So are they, is it football and there's one game a week? Is it baseball and there's, there could be six games a week? Is it basketball? Uh, you know, how, what's kind of the athletic output that has to happen here? All of these different things. And so we take it all into account. Um, interestingly, I've never worked with an entire team um, of athletes. Um, I've usually only worked with solo athletes and I have some suspicions as to why. Um, one of the things that we know about really young athletes, like in the rookie kind of genre, they really don't give a shit about sleep. They're so psyched to be yeah. where they are and sure. doing what they're doing. And they're young, like their bodies can take it. Once they get past the third year and they start to realize I may have a shelf life, mm. they want to extend that shelf life. That's oftentimes where I come into play um, or with more senior athletes uh, who are sort of trailing down the end of their career. And they, they're like, Michael, I want to get another one more great year. You know, that's where we can really make a big difference for a lot of those people by giving them a, a very disciplined schedule. Awesome. I love that. Uh, I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, sleep tracking. Um, yep. You know, obviously on your, on your site, you have, you know, some products that you, that you mm -hmm. like and appreciate, you know, um, my entire family fights over weighted blankets. Uh, you know, we've got I one. Can give you a lot of data about weighted blankets. Yeah. Well, I mean, the data at my house is I don't get to use it anymore. That's the data. <laughs> like I, it's not mine. <laughs> um, oh my God, dude, that's hilarious. So yeah. trackers. Um, so first of all, full disclosure, I am, I am the chief sleep officer of Aura Ring. So I just want everybody to know that. Um, I will also explain to you why I accepted that position. Um, and so you know this, but many of your listeners might not remember it is I don't do anything without data. Um, and so when people come to me and ask me to endorse a product, it's got to work and it's got to have data. Um, and so Aura came to me, um, we started talking and I don't know if you're aware of this, but they just did a head to head study um, against multiple trackers and Fitbit and Aura came out as the two top for sleep now, not hmm. for activity, but for sleep. And as you can imagine, that's really the area, the only area that of, of interest for me. Yeah. Um, but they come out as the two top from an accuracy standpoint for total sleep time, falling asleep and waking up. Now that's only three variables. Then Aura went further and actually went against full nighttime polysomnography and actually algorithmically has figured out how to get the stages of sleep to a much more accurate level. Now, part of that, to be honest with you, it's the form factor. Hmm. When you stick something, when you stick a sensor on somebody's finger, I can get pulse, I can get heart rate, but I can get temperature. And that is very key. When you've got a wrist piece, it's very difficult to get temperature because you don't have the constant contact because the wrist thing has to be uh, a little bit looser and things like that. Uh, so what ends up happening is, is you get better data, which gives you better results, which then allows you to track better. Now, to be fair, some people go a little overboard with the tracking thing. Okay. Sure. Uh, you know, sure. Some, people are, some people are like, I got to look at my data every day. I mean, I had somebody call me up the other day and they said, you know, they said, Dr. Bruce, I only got 14 minutes of deep sleep. And I'm like, congratulations. Like, you know, like, like what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> like, remember, you don't want to look at the absolute data. You want to look at the relative data, right? So if you only got 14 minutes of deep sleep, let's say every single night for a month, I don't think I care because number one, your body is obviously not having a bad reaction to that. And number two, my guess is the accuracy of that device is probably not as accurate as you might imagine because it's being consistently inconsistent. If you Yeah. Will. But if I have data where it says 14 minutes here and 500 minutes here and 1200 minutes over here, which would be crazy, um, I look at the distance or the delta between those and I want to see those nights, what's different about those. And so when you're tracking, don't go by the single data point, right? Nobody in research ever goes by a single data point. Get yourself a, multiple data points and then start to look for the trends. That's really where I think the magic happens from a tracking standpoint is knowing and understanding your trends and what is your body affected by? So as an example, if you have a glass of whiskey, uh, you know, two hours before bed, what does that do to your sleep? Right. right? Um, as opposed to, uh, or if you have coffee at, at dinner, let's say you have an espresso at dinner, what does that do to your sleep? Your sleep, not my sleep, your sleep. I think that's where tracking is, is extremely valuable um, for people is because when you really want to quantify yourself and you really want to start to move that optimization needle, you know, a little bit higher, sleep's a great place to do it. And this data from a tracker can be very valuable. Yeah. So for someone who, let's just say it 
goes down the track or rabbit hole and they're, they're looking at their deep sleep. Like they've, yeah. they've decided that that's what they're going to hone in on. And mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a bad idea, by the way, deep sleep has got some very valuable qualities to it. Yeah. Well, how, how would someone improve that number? Maybe. So first of all, let's talk about what deep sleep does, and then I'll explain to you how to prove the number. So for folks out there who may not know what deep sleep does for the body, it does several specific things, but deep sleep is your physical restoration, period, end of story. This is where the largest bolus of growth hormone is emitted. This is where you actually see pure cellular repair going on. Um, So this is really when you kind of bring the car into the body shop, if you know what I mean. Um, The second thing that's really big in deep sleep Uh, quite frankly, is the glymphatic system. So this is a a neurotoxin waste removal system. So during the day, neurotoxins build up in your brain. These are proteins um, called uh, beta amyloid and tau. Um, These, when they build up in your brain, they actually wrap themselves around the nerves and they strangle them. And that's called Alzheimer's. So we try to avoid that at all costs. So we want that glymphatic system working well. Now, your question, which is the right question to ask is, well, crap, Dr. Bruce, if uh, if I'm only getting 14 minutes, how how do I get more? So there are different protocols, but the very first thing, sleep within your chronotypical swim lane, and I can almost guarantee you (laughs) that that number is going to start to increase, right? Um, On whatever stage of sleep you're trying to focus in on, because again, your body is genetically designed to be in that swim lane, if you will. Um, so that would be step number one. Step number two, specific to, uh, to deep sleep, um, I would tell you that um, one of the things that I look at is exercise. Um, the single best way to improve deep sleep is with daily exercise. Now, as I said before, you don't have to run a marathon. Um, we're just talking about these 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day type of thing. So that can be extremely valuable for people in terms of elevating their deep sleep. Um, are there any medications out there? There are. Um, there is actually a medication called gabapentin or Neurontin um, that has shown in the data to actually improve deep sleep. Uh, we've seen patients um, who are medically uh, a little bit further down the path, a little bit more ill, where that might be something that you could institute that could make um, a lot of sense. Um, the other thing is lowering the caffeine and lowering the alcohol. Um, and, I, and I know I'm, I'm being a bit of a party pooper on that one. Um, <laughs> right, I know. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you have to think through that as an idea, right? Caffeine is a stimulant. I don't care what way you fucking slice it, okay? And it has an effect on your ability not only to fall asleep, but to get into deep sleep. So one of the things we really want to do is try to decaffeinate ourselves as best we can. And let's be honest, caffeine has no nutritional value whatsoever. The only reason people um, drink it is to get the stimulant effects. And I'm sure there's somebody who's going to say, well, I drink coffee for the taste. Great. Why don't you drink decaf? I'll tell you why, because you Mm. like the buzz, right? Mm. So like, don't throw the BS at me. I understand. Trust (laughs) me, I get it. I enjoy coffee on occasion as well. But caffeine is definitely one of those things that is ubiquitous and a real zapper of deep sleep. And then alcohol um, is another biggie um, that we know of as well. And that has a lot to do with the timing. So how much and how close to bedtime you drink will really determine the effect on deep sleep. And so you know, I tell people all the time, you know, party like a rock star, but don't do it after like eight o'clock at night <laughs> you know? uh, because, you know, it's really going to have a pretty massive effect on deep sleep. Awesome. Yeah. That's helpful, man. You're so good. You're so on it. I love it. I love the energy always. It seems like there's, there's in- increasing numbers of sort of sleep trackers beyond the, mm-hmm. the Fitbits and Garmin's and, and, uh, and aura rings. And, and I've heard the same thing. I I'm a, I'm a Fitbit guy, mm-hmm. but, but anybody that I've talked to that has an aura ring, it's like that it's the best. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the most, it's got, it's got the best data. It's the most consistent. Well, what's great for me is, and you'll, you'll appreciate this too, is I have an open API at aura. And so all of my patients wear these. And, you know, my patients are all over the world. So I can literally zoom in on my computer Mm. and I can tell Paris Hilton what she needs to do for her sleep. I treat her as well. I've talked about that live and she's talked about it too. Um, I can, I can tell her exactly what she needs to do before her next, whatever. I can say, Oh, Paris, you had a bad night or Steve, you had a bad night. Here's a couple of things that you can do. Cause I know you got a big deal going on today type of thing. So that distance actually is very helpful from a clinical standpoint. Oh, that's awesome. I know that there are like, uh, there's apps for like recording snoring, you know, there's, there's apps, uh, bedside 
gadgets and stuff like that. What, what's your take on, on any of those devices? Are there, are there things outside the aura ring that, that you Absolutely. think have some benefit? There's no question. I actually have a couple of things around my office. Is it, is it cool to sh- yeah. it? like, so I, there's a lot of things out there that I think can be incredibly valuable tools. Um, so I'm going to give you a couple of them. So we were talking about the biggest things being water, breathing and air. So let's talk a little bit about breathing right now. And so I have a tendency to have a decent amount of congestion. Um, and so breathing is always an issue for me. I actually recently started working with um, a, a group that has kind of solved the congestion problem. It's, mm. I've got this right here. It's called a Sinusonic, S-I-N-U-S-O-N-I-C. We can put the, uh, the website in the show notes maybe yeah. afterwards. Yep. But what this is, is you breathe in and out on it for two minutes in the morning and two minutes before you go to bed. And I can tell you, dude, it opens up my entire, there's no medication inside of it. This is a purely um, a mechanical way to open up your sinuses. So you ever um, been on an airplane and you pop your, pop your ears? Yeah. If, if you do that and you are humming at the same time by pushing that sound wave out, it actually goes up into the sinus cavity and begins to help uh, drain. It's, it's incredible. Okay. So the, a couple of pulmonary, pulmonary and ENT guys were having terrible congestion and they didn't want to take any meds and they started fooling around and they came up with this idea. So what this is, is you put your nose here and you breathe in and out of this and you push hard, like you're pulling. And then there's the humming is what this is creates. And all of a sudden, dude, it's like, boop, all of a sudden your sinuses open. Wow. Awesome. It helps with snoring too, um, for many people out there. So I want people to, to check that out. Now, if you're a pure snore, wait, I used to have something around here. Ah, here we go. So you never know what you can find in the sleep doctor office. Uh, you got all sorts of cool stuff in there. I can tell. I mean, it's nuts. So <laughs> this is a cool product. It's called Mute. Yeah, M-U-T-E. I've seen that. Yeah. So this is an internal nasal dilator, right? I'm asking you to stick something up your nose. That is correct. The reason I like this so much is because if you look, most people do not have the same size nostrils. Like if you look here, like I've got one is collapsed and one is open. Yeah. You're actually more even than, than most, but your right nostril is much larger than your left, not much, but probably 30% bigger. So what's cool about this is the apertures of the rings can be titrated. You mm. can actually change the size so that it fits properly. So that actually helps with airflow. And we really want people breathing through their nose, not their mouth when yeah. they sleep. Um, if you've, uh, I don't know if you've read James Nestor's book, Breath, um, but there's some really interesting data in there and it makes sense to kind of try to go and do that. So if I've had a couple of beers or a whiskey, guess what? My wife is like, go stick that nose yeah. thingy in. Cause I don't yeah. want to listen to your ass all night long. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so that's something now I've got something here. Hold on. I'm going to grab it. It's under my yeah. desk. Go ahead. That's really kind of cool. I don't know. Have you ever seen one of these? This is an ebb versa cool drift. Ooh. No, this I haven't seen that. is bad ass. So what's so cool about this is this is the first uh, device that I've ever seen that you can actually, uh, it helps slow down your thinking. So you know how people say, I can't turn off my brain? Yeah. So this little unit is a refrigeration unit. You wear it, hold on, I got the cord all tangled up here. You actually wear it on your forehead as you're falling asleep. And then you you can take it off if you want, or you can sleep with it all night long. Here, I'll show you what it looks like. I made it too tight. Hold on. I wasn't prepared for a demo. No, it's okay. This, this is great. This is awesome. It's like like, QVC. I know it's like wandering around the sleep doctor's lab. (laughs) So yes, it looks a little funky. Okay. If you can see that this is a refrigeration unit. Hmm. So what was discovered was, is if you cool the frontal lobe, um, you can actually slow down blood flow. And when you slow down blood flow, you slow down thinking. Whoa. And all you're using is some chilliness. Wow. Okay. So cool, dude. That I never would have thought that external cooling to the forehead slowed down blood flow to the prefrontal cortex, thus Mm -hmm. slowing down your hamster brain. Yep. Wow. Exactly right. So so the way they figured it out was if you go into, so there was a a doctor, uh, his name escapes me, uh, Eric Knopfsinger. Um, who was an ER doc and then became a very famous sleep researcher. And when he was in the ER, he was a neurologist. Um, people would come in with big head injuries, crack your head open type of injuries, right? And what they would always do is they'd pack their head in ice. 
um, because what they would do is it's called the neuroprotective effect of cold. Hmm. It slows everything down and then people aren't bleeding out and, you know, gray matter isn't all over the floor and all that kind of stuff. And he thought of that idea and, and he then thought about that idea of blood flow and he came up with a technique to measure with an MRI insomniacs as they're falling asleep the blood flow. And what he discovered was the people who reported that they couldn't turn off their brain, they had more blood flow in the frontal area. And he remembered this neuroprotective effect of cold. To be fair, it took him about five years to develop this device, but it's out there now and it's awesome. Wow. Oh, awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, that uh, that, that makes sense. And, and it mimics the things that I know about generally cool sleeping in cooler temperatures. Exactly. Part part of my um, nighttime routine. Um, there, I did an I did an episode on uh, on this. Is uh, it's actually it was a two parter. One is. It's called Optimus Red. It's red light therapy for your balls. So these little red lights go in a oh. cup and then you put right. it on your testicles. So is that so for inflammation or is that for blood flow? It's for it's for boosting testosterone. Interesting. Yeah. And, and so he made another product called the Jet Pack and it's just an ice pack for your balls. And so part... <laughs> Part of my part of my eating routine is 15, 20 minutes before I'm gonna like actually mm-hmm. get into bed. I'll ice my nuts for for 10 or 15 minutes. And then I've looked at what that does to my sleep scores uh, on Fitbit and it has makes a massive difference. You got to send me that product or send me the link to that. I want to check that out because there's, I, some, there's some interesting things that could be done there for sure. Because if you do, if you have to stick, like your testicles is a very sensitive area and that's a great way to import cold or heat to make the entire body feel particular ways. So that's fascinating. I'm, I'm be, I'll be very curious to learn, to learn more about that. That's yeah. definitely a cool one. I'll sure. send that over Literally. to you. Literally. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one, I think I have it back here. That's what mm-hmm. this thing is, is uh, it's a Fisher Wallace device. Uh, mm-hmm. It's um, uh, neurostimulation okay. through these pads on your, uh, on your temples. Mm-hmm. I use that t- twice a day, just I've integrated into my meditation routine. Yeah, uh, and great. that has also uh, through the data is supported better sleep as well. Um yeah, it's cool. Uh, man, those are great. The 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 mute, I've seen ads for that and I almost purchased them because I I do uh, a nose strip, one of those external uh, yeah. nasal and and it's and it helps, but I think I think I got to take it to the next level. Here's my problem. I've tried those for years. I have slightly oily skin on my nose and it travels, you know, like <laughs> I woke up on your eye. Like, Right. I've woken up and like my eye is glued shut and I'm like, fuck, what's going on? So yeah, yeah. so I, I feel you for sure. Um, I, I really do like them and they're only like 15 bucks at Walgreens. So it's not like you're spending, you know, lots of money and you can reuse them. Uh, you can use them for about six or seven days before you throw them away. And what's also kind of cool as a side note is I actually, I put one in when I exercise um, and it's, yeah. it's like, boom, you know, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> so then I use the Sinusonic and then I use that mute before I exercise and dude, I can crush it. Where, where are you on uh, mouth taping? So here's what I'll tell you is if I, I, and I'm fine with it. If you've been screened for sleep apnea, if you mm. don't snore um, and you don't, and nobody thinks you have sleep apnea, I'm down with mouth taping, but there's a couple of things you want to think about. You don't want to run a piece of tape horizontally across your mouth. Okay. It's a small piece of tape, maybe a quarter to a half an inch thick vertically down the center. Okay. That's all that is required. Hmm. I mean, I've, you wouldn't believe I've seen, and by the way, it should be a micro pore tape that doesn't rip the skin off of your lips and your <laughs> face. Dude, I've seen people with duct tape on their face Ooh. and I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like, I mean, come on. Right. So, you know, you can go to Walgreens or CVS or whatever drugstore you choose. And if you go into the, um, the wound care section, there's usually micro pore tape or, you know, tape that you can peel off your skin without it hurting. That's what you want. Cut it so that it's a thin strip straight down. Um, Here's what we know. Air coming through your mouth is leaded gasoline. Air coming through your nose is unleaded gasoline. Your body is a conventional car and it needs unleaded gas. Hmm. That's the bottom line here. Your nose does a lot of good things. It, uh, It warms the air, it humidifies the air, and it filters the air before it gets to your lungs. If it's coming through your mouth, you aren't getting any of that. Mouths are made for eating, not breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Bottom line. It's uh, um, t- talking, eating, and kissing are the only times you should have your mouth open, right? There you go. <laughs> I just like, I like, that I like one. all of those. Yeah. Um, what, what about, 
Uh, I want to kind of go go back to the book as we as we kind of head towards the the end of the conversation. What what about this latest piece of work that you've done? Did you wish that I would have asked about? What's something that uh, either you're really proud of or you're really surprised surprised about? You want to share? So, I'll tell you one of the things that I had never done before um, personally that I do now um, that I was surprised was so important to me. Um, in the movement section, you know, we have five times where you move. Um, the, I, I want to make sure that I say this correctly. So hold on, I want to I get it right. So what we have is we have different things that you do. So the first movement of the day is a stretch. The second might be what we call a shake. The third is a bounce. The fourth is a build. But the last one is balance. Mm. That has been interesting. So before bed, being able to for example, try to maintain a tree pose for three to four minutes. It has been miraculous to me. Number one, I had no idea that my balance was as off as it is. Hmm. And so that's been a, a real wake up call to kind of think through that. But number two, when you're trying to balance, you can't think of anything else. Right. And it's a great tool to help slow your brain down at night. I run you know, a hundred miles an hour and it's probably faster in my head. And so for me, I have to have things that can start to slow me down. Like I call it, you know, runway to land the plane, if you will. Um, And so that one thing, that fifth move of balance really was, really was kind of changing uh, for me in a way that I, I just, I never expected that it would. What, so now how is that, is that part of your nightly routine now? It's just a little, yeah. 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 It is. So, so, um, so you, we know that you're a wolf and I'm going to go on a limb and say that you're also, uh, an, I'm a, meso, uh, I'm a medium. Oh, you're a mesomorph. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm a medium wolf. What, what are a couple of things that now are just like, you just do it that you just are non-negotiable now that you have that awareness. So my non-negotiables are, I don't go to bed early, <laughs> which is kind of an interesting one. Right. But it really keeps me on track. Uh, my other non-negotiable is I wake up at the same time every day, seven days a week. Doesn't matter. I don't care. I mean, my lower level limit is if I get less than five hours, I'm nauseous. So I know that like if for whatever reason, I don't get to bed until one or two, I have to sleep until seven or eight in order. Hmm. Otherwise I just, I can't function period. But that's, those are kind of my negotiables is I get up at the same time every day. I get six to six and a half hours of sleep every night. That's non-negotiable. Um, and, and, and I really kind of follow that schedule as tight as I can. Those are the things that I've found that are the ones that work the best for me um, and, and have made the most difference overall in my life. Um, I would also say that um, acceptance has become a real important part for me. Hmm. So here's the thing that I try to tell people about sleep and about any program, any, any, anything that you would follow is nobody's perfect. And nobody's ever going to be perfect. And no matter if you follow every rule to the nines, there are nights it's not going to work. And that's okay, hmm. right? We're all humans. And so I tell people all the time, there are two aspects philosophically about sleep, which I find important. One is discipline and the other is acceptance, right? Yeah. So, so be disciplined with your consistency, figuring out what works for you, but also accept the fact that you're human and it's okay to have a bad night every now and then. Like, trust me, it's okay. Well, everybody listening, the sleep doctor said it's okay. So it's okay. Like, <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Totally, like, bro. Do what Paris and Steve Aoki are doing and just let it go. Don't get hung up on it. Accept totally. that tomorrow's another night of sleep. Yeah. It's just yeah. another opportunity. You know, it's just another chance to, you know, to do something good for yourself. And don't feel bad if it didn't work out. I mean, look, I have crappy sleep every once in a while. If my daughter, if something's going on with my daughter, I don't sleep well. Mm. That's just how it works. If there's something going on with my son, I don't sleep well. Like I can't help it, you know? And so there are external factors that I think people always have to take into, into consideration, but consistency is really the key. It's the key for uh, fitness. It's the key for nutrition and it's the key for sleep. It's just finding your groove and keeping it. I love it. I love it. Before I ask the last question, which is a fill in the blank question, where can people go? Where can they find the book? So I'm super easy to find. Um, If you want to go for the new book, go to energizemyself.com. 
Um, and we actually have a pre-order program. You can pre-order the book. Um, and we have a seven-day video program that actually walks you through the book that you get if you pre-order the book. So I think you'll really have a lot of fun with that. If you're looking for me just in general, my website is thesleepdoctor, doctors all spelled out, .com. Um, and uh, if you're looking for me on social, I've got the same handle, the sleep doctor on social all over the place. Um, and so here's the crazy thing, dude, I'm TikTok famous. Are you? Yeah. I've been doing TikTok videos, teaching people like little snippets of sleep. I got like 1.5 million views on what to do if you wake up in the middle of the night. It's kind of cool. Awesome. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, so, man. So we're, we're trying to use every medium that we can yeah. to give well-resourced, valuable sleep information out there to the public and get people sleeping better. Well, you just, you just reached an entire new generation by, by deciding to build content on YouTube, on TikTok. Yep. That's killer. Um, okay. So here's the, the last question. It's a fill in the blank. It can be based specifically on the book or anything else that you know to be true from your life and experience. You can elaborate as little or as much as you'd like. (laughs) Everyone would benefit from knowing Oh my gosh. Well, of course, my first thing is their chronotype. Um, but um, let me think about that for a second. I think I think everyone would benefit from knowing how to be grateful. <laughs> Gratitude is such an important part of, of our lives. And I think, especially during times like the pandemic, Um, and all that's been going on and all that, like you said, the craziness that is our world, I think taking a step back and being grateful um, for what we got and, and, and the opportunities that we have is, is really going to serve everybody in a a very important way. Awesome. Thank you for that reminder. We all need to hear that again. Thank you so much, Dr. Bruce. Thank you for joining me again on the optimal performance podcast. John, it's always my pleasure. I'm stoked to be here. I'm excited that you're, uh, you've got the new book. I can't wait for you to try out the program and let me know what you think, because I know you will. Um, so thank you for the opportunity. And uh, thanks again to all of your listeners. Dr. Michael Bruce wishing everybody out there some sweet dreams.